care who you are. So uh, welcome to One Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And we are finishing up our series entitled Happily Ever After, where we've been uh, talking about marriage and about relationships. By the way, let's give it up for Justin Tucker, my Vanna White. So ugliest Vanna White I've ever seen in my life. So anyway, no, um, but uh, I've had a really good time talking about this. And I am, I'm ready to stop talking about marriage because I don't know if my marriage can take it anymore. Um, but uh, I just, I've really had a good time with it. I hope you have as well. Um, where we've been looking over the past four weeks uh, just about what, uh, what marriage looks like and how to have a healthy relationships and things of that nature. Um, before we dig into today's uh, teaching, I just want to tell you two things. Number one, thank you so much for your patience uh, having the kids with us today. Uh, I know um, some of you, you're like, oh, I can't believe we didn't have any children's environments. And um, with it being Labor Day, uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, a lot of our volunteers, uh, they weren't able to serve. So uh, I would just want to say thank you so much for that. And um, always, if it's something, if serving is something that you would like to do, you're welcome to sign up. You can talk to me afterwards but also if you do serve i just want to say thank you very much you guys are a blessing and we couldn't do church without you guys so thank you very very much so so of course i got the eye over here on the decent job over here because i know they're serving they love children so i love them so also um let me tell you this next week we're starting a new series and it's called text and let me tell you just a little bit about it so that you will know kind of where we're going with this. Because over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the Bible. And if, like, if you're a church person or maybe kind of like you're, you know all about the Bible, then great. If you're kind of the, uh, one of those people, though, that's like you've kind of take, you're taking the cellophane off of your Bible or maybe you want to get into God's Word but you don't know where to start and you don't know how it all fits together, this series is for you. In fact, if you're one of those folks who's just like, I don't even know if the Bible is really true, and is it, it doesn't have like a lot of holes, and I mean, isn't kind of science disproving it and all this stuff, over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the text of Scripture and how the 66 books of the Bible compromise this one book we call the Bible and how we got the Bible. So it's going to be really fun, and I, I'm really excited about this because my goal goal as a pastor and as a teacher is I want to get you guys reading the Bible because you don't have to have a seminary degree or a bachelor's degree or any type of degree. The only degrees you need to be able to read the Bible is 98.6. That's it, right? If you've got a pulse, you can read God's word and you can understand it for yourself. So I'm really looking forward to that. Now, Let's get into today's teaching. Today, uh, we're looking at a verse that we've looked at through the entire scope of Happily Ever After, and it's a verse found in the book of Genesis chapter 2, in which God talks about that marriage was his idea. And this is what it says. God says, for this reason, will a man leave his father and mother and be, what? United to his wife, and they will become one flesh. We've talked about this verse over the past three weeks, now the fourth week, but this is this next verse. The next verse is where we're going to be landing for today. The man and his wife were both what? Naked or naked? I don't know how you, depends on how you say it in the South. Naked, naked. One of those will get you in jail, by the way. Um, And they felt what? No shame. No shame. Now, the word, Hebrew word for shame is the word bush. Can you say that with me? 
Boosh. All right, that's a good word. And in fact, just the kids, let me hear you say it. Ready? Boosh. All right, isn't that fun? So I, I sound like a big kid back there. All right, but the word shame in the Hebrew means to, to be ashamed or it means to feel completely worthless. And where we're landing today is just simply that many of us, we felt completely worthless. We felt shame. And, and, and one of the things that I love about this verse is that the man and his wife were both naked, and that's just, not just talking about physical stuff, but it's talking about they were both transparent. They were both authentic with one another. They both um, felt no shame, that the intimacy was high, that, that there was authenticity. Um, uh, I mean, and they, there was no shame, all right? Um, and I just, I, I, I love that because it seems like, let me tell you, one of my life goals is this, that the closer somebody gets to me, that the more they will love me. The reason why that's a big deal for me is I've been around people that I love and respect from a distance, and the closer I get to them, I didn't love them more. I lost respect for them. You know what I'm saying? So um, and, and there, I'm applying that to this because so many times in marriage or in friendships or whatever, the closer you get... To one another and there cannot be anything closer than being naked and again it's more than just physical it's just it's bearing your emotions it's putting yourself out there that you can do that and a lot of times when we do that we sometimes we experience shame and that's not how God wanted it to be in fact what's so interesting is after this verse was mentioned um, the next chapter in the Bible chapter 3 of Genesis uh, Satan shows up and starts talking to Eve and says, hey, why don't you eat this fruit? And, and Eve says, well, God said we could eat of all of this fruit, but this one tree, we shouldn't even touch the fruit or we're going to die. And Satan's like, oh, God didn't really mean all that stuff. And Satan lied to Eve, and Eve ate the fruit, and she sinned, and then gave the fruit to her husband, and he sinned. And I want to look at these next couple of verses immediately after Adam and Eve chose to sin and disobey God. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 3. Then the eyes of both of them were what? Opened, and they realized that they were what? Naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And what did the, else did they do? The Bible says this. And they hid. Everybody say hid. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So they made coverings. Oh my, we're exposed. We're vulnerable. We've got to cover up. And then they tried to hide. They tried to hide. And you know, it's very natural. I mean, so many times we see as children, you know, when a kid does something wrong and they realize they've done something wrong, what do they try to do? They try to hide. They try to hide it. Uh, they broke the vase, and then they, you know, then they try to piece it back together with superglue, right? I mean, they lie, and then they, they try to hide it. One of our kids, uh, when we were trying to do potty training with them, um, uh, I mean, we were saying, okay, when you have to, well, you got the diapers, but when you have to go to the bathroom, let us know so we can pull down your diapers and you can go, go sit on the toilet, right? Okay. So then I won't tell you which one of the three did it because it would be kind of embarrassing. Um, 
I'm so tempted to right now. You need to know that, though. Um, but this one, uh, this one of our ch- child, he would go and he would kind of go and he would hide because he knew what he was going to do, and he would start pushing in his diaper. And I would say, "Hey, what are you doing? Nothing, Daddy. You know, it's like <laughs> you're doing something, right? So, and and and, and they try to hiding it. And again, we we could be just like kids, can't we? Um, I, we try to hide when we know that we shouldn't be doing some things, right? They realized that they were naked, and they made coverings for themselves, and they hid. Now, let's read on, verse 9. But the Lord God called to the man, and he asked a question. He said what? Where are you? Now, know this. God is all-knowing. So he knew where Adam was at. So why did God ask the question? Because even though he knew where Adam was at, I don't think Adam knew to the full extent exactly why he was doing the hiding and then he goes on and and then adam says he answered god and he says he answered i heard you in the garden and i was what afraid because i was naked so i did what hid look at the progression i was afraid because i realized i was exposed so i hid i I was afraid and you know what? I was exposed, and I thought, you know what? You might not accept me if you realize what I had just done. Uh, so I hid. I was afraid, so I hid. I was naked, and I was not ashamed. But when sin entered into the world, I tried covering up all of that stuff, and I decided to put something in between you and me. Because I thought if you saw all of me, you wouldn't accept me. I was afraid, so I hid. You know what? Satan, what he did to Adam and Eve, whenever this would happen to go, he does to you and I today. He gets us to sin, and then we experience shame, and we try to hide. So I want to just walk you through Satan's shame game this morning. All right? If you're taking notes, the first thing Satan does, all right, and, and what happens is this, that all of us, we experience something deeply painful or sinful. Now, let me explain this. It may be something that you have chosen to do, sinful, all right, that you knew something was wrong and you did it anyway. And it was very painful or simple. Or it could have been something that was done to you. You see, you, hadn't, you didn't do anything wrong, but somebody did something wrong to you. And now you experience this deep pain, and you thought, well, okay, yeah, maybe it wasn't my fault, but maybe it was. And maybe some, uh, someone did something to you early on, and you kind of, you, you just, you just, it was so painful, right? And this, it leads us to our second one, and this is this, is you connect what happens, what happened with, to who you are, and you allow that to define us. You allow it to define you. We allow the sinful experience to define you. Whether or not you chose to do the sin or somebody chose to do the sin to you, we allow it to define us. And it's one of these things that, you know, okay, I did something bad, so guess what? I must be bad. Or someone did something to me that was wrong, so I must be wrong. And, 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 and here's the thing. We connect what we did or what something was done to us to who we are. And we allow it to mark us, to define us, to... It's where we find our identity. So many times we do this. We sin, and now, because we've done that, we're the, we're the er of it. We committed adultery, so now we're adulterer. We do this, or, and, and, and we, we def, allow it to define us. 
And then look at the next part, though. You believe the only way to be safe is to do what? To hide. To hide. We hide in the dark. I was afraid because I was out there. I was naked, so I hid. And again, I cannot let you know what I did because if you knew what I did, you may not like me. If you knew what I was thinking, you might reject me. If you knew what I was really all about me, then you may not accept me as I really am. So I'm just going to play it safe, and I'm going to cover it up. So we hide and we cover up and we put on our mask and our facades. And because if you really knew all there was to know about me, you may not accept me. And that's Satan's shame game. We hide. It's like this. We have a wood pile by our house. And I love burning wood, especially during the fall. I'm really looking forward to fall temperatures getting here. They're not here yet. 96 degrees is not fall temperatures. So... I'm a big dude, I sweat, all right? Anyway, enough of that. But you know what? Um, things that make me sweat. <laughs> anyway, but you know, I have this wood pile outside, and as I, as I move the logs, and you know, the, the top logs are great, but when I get those logs that are close down to the ground, and you start moving those, guess what you find underneath those logs? Snakes, bugs, nasty stuff. You, you, you get fungus. There's mushrooms, there's there's nasty stuff living under there. Or maybe you've been in the forest and you had this big rock and you moved the rock and all the grubs and everything, all the bugs just started moving. Guess where stuff like nasty things like that, they thrive in the darkness. And see, so many times when stuff happens either to us or maybe some stuff that we've chose to do, and we cover it up, what happens is decay happens to our souls. And a rot happens to us. And, and we try to cover up because we think we're, we're safe if we're doing that. But what we end up doing is destroying our own selves. Because, and this is our big idea today, it's so important. Our big idea today is this. Where secrets live, shame grows and intimacy dies. Where secrets live, the, in, the, in the deep darkness of our souls. Let me tell you what grows. Not fungus, not any of those mushrooms. Shame grows. And intimacy dies. And some of you, you are here today, and you are living with deep, dark secrets that you have kept in the dark for years. Because you're one man, if people really knew this about me, then they, they, would, they would not love me. But let me tell you, when you do that, when you keep that stuff in the darkness, you're not giving them the choice to love you. You're keeping your guard up. And let me tell you, shame will grow. And you will not find intimacy. You won't. But let me tell you, the inverse of that is the exact truth as well. Where intimacies live, where, intim- where intimacy lives, secrets and shame die. So you have a choice. And some of you, again, you're carrying secrets. And the good news is this. When you start to reveal those secrets, here's how I feel, here's what I did, here's some of my greatest fears. Wherever intimacy and trust and oneness start to increase, secrets and shame cannot live anymore. They start to come out. Where secrets live, shame grows, and intimacy dies. And the reality is that for many of us who are married right now, this is your story. 
The reason why you're not getting closer to your spouse is because you are keeping some secrets in the dark. You've got some stuff hidden. And the intimacy, the, the, the intimacy between you and your Heavenly Father isn't getting any better. And the intimacy between you and your spouse is not getting any better. And the, shame is like a wet blanket that suffocates your relationships. And the reason is because you've got a secret. You've got a secret. The good news is that you can bring those secrets into the light and shame and, and, and shame will, will die and that intimacy will flourish. So here's what we did. Those who, if, if you're married in here, I want you to do this. I know it's difficult because you, you, your hands may be full of kids. All right, I get that. But here's what I want you to do. Two weeks ago, we asked you guys to take each other's hand and look into each other's eyes and to say this. I promise that God will be my number one priority and that my spouse will be my number two. Some of y'all, y'all remember that, doing that? Last week, I asked, asked you guys to take each other's hand and look into each other's eyes and say, I promise to pursue my number two. And that's, that's you, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab each other's hands, look into her eye, go ahead, all right? And here's what I want you to repeat after me. I promise to confide in you and not hide from you. Now, some of you, you just did that with a perfect stranger, and that's a little awkward. I get that. <laughs> see, here's the thing. Whether you're married or not, you see... When we keep those secrets to, I mean, we're not just going to divulge this to anybody, but you've got to have some people in your life that know the real you. Not, not just the, you know, the, the, the LinkedIn version of you. Not just the, uh, the, the personality of you, but to know really you. Bless you. And if you do that, let me tell you, you, you let those secrets out to people that you trust, the shame will decrease and the intimacy will grow, all right? So here's where we're going, all right? And this is my question for today. What are you hiding? What are you hiding? It could be that the fact that some of you are overspending lately and you've been buying some things and you've been kind of sneaky about it. What have you been hiding? It could be that there's a physical problem that you have with yourself. There may be a lump that you found on your body or maybe you're breathing isn't quite right and you just haven't talked about it yet because you may be a little afraid or you maybe you don't want to talk about it because if you talk about it it makes it real but what are you hiding maybe it could be that your job is not very stable right now and you don't want your spouse to be afraid what are you hiding right now it may be that you don't feel adequate you're very you feel very inadequate you don't feel like you're a good enough mom or you're wondering if you're a good enough spouse or if you're good enough wife am i a good enough spiritual leader am i a good enough man of god maybe you just don't feel good enough what are you hiding right now uh, or maybe it's just you have some promiscuity in your past and, and maybe in your spouse's past and there's some baggage that followed that up into your marriage and you're wondering how do i measure up am i okay and there's just junk from the past what are you hiding right now it may be an addiction it may be something that you you've got a hold of and now that has a hold of you and won't let you go and it started out really fun you know addictions always start out fun you know that don't you they always start out fun and it leaves you having no fun at all and it leaves you alone it may be that somebody did something inappropriate to you when you were younger what are you hiding right now? Could be that you've looked at something that you, you shouldn't have been looking at over the computer. What are you hiding right now? 
could be maybe you opened up a social media account so that you could connect with somebody and you're trying to hide that from your significant other. What are you hiding right now? What are you hiding? Let me tell you. Where secrets live, shame grows and intimacy dies. But yet the Bible says they were both naked and vulnerable and transparent and had no shame. And, but guilt always comes when you bring sin into it. Always. Always, always. All right? Now, how do you bring this stuff into the light? The, the last few verses I want to be looking at is found in the book of Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 says this. For you were once what? You were once darkness. Remember, what grows in darkness? All the decay, ooey-gooey stuff. But now, if you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, now you are in the light of the Lord. So live as what? Children of the light. For the fruit of the light, this is the result of living into the light, consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. The, The fruit of the light, the result of living the way God wants you to live, is that you have goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, what do you think is going to be better for your marriage? Goodness, righteousness, and truth, the fruit of the light, or badness, unrighteousness, and lies, the fruit of darkness? See, some of you are like, well, pastor, you kind of just described my marriage on that last one. It's badness, unrighteousness, and lies. Well, you know the definition of insanity, don't you? Is doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result you've already tried the dark path why not try the light path right i mean i kind of sound like darth vader here you've already tried the darkness try the darkness you have now try the light i'm just saying all right sorry i'm an inner nerd i apologize all right by the way it's coming (laughs) anyway move on all right but see here's the thing so many of us, it's like we've lived in the darkness for so long. You know, when you turn off the light, you, it's hard to see. But what happens eventually to your eyes? You adjust, right? And, and, and that you can see pretty good in the darkness. And that's where many of you, you just feel like you've kind of lived in the darkness your entire life. And when somebody starts to crack the, the just turn on a little bit of light on the light switch, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't see anything. Because we've adjusted to living in darkness. Some of you, you've adjusted to your addiction. You've adjusted to your new normal. And people outside of you are like, that's not normal. But to you, it's normal. Here's what I've learned about normal. <laughs> Everybody's got normal. You, we all have those settings of normal. And usually our normal is not normal. Thanks for coming to One Church, right? It just is, right? It just, I mean, it, what we think is normal just isn't. But he continues to go on. He says this have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather do what? Expose them, right? You expose them. You bring them into the light. You confess them. For it is, and this is what we're talking about, it is what? See, that's what we're talking about is shame. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything is exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible visible you see that's if we're going to do this if we're going to kill the secrets we're going to have to do four things we're going to have to do these and let me tell you i'm just going to be honest with you it's going to be so much easier to say them than doing them because it takes some courage and some backbone to do them and i just got to be honest with you i don't know how the person you talk to i don't know how they're going to respond 
it's a risk. But I think it's a risk that you've got to take if you really want intimacy to grow. This verse, James 5, 16 says this. Therefore, confess. Everybody say confess. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can stay jacked up. Is that what it says? No. You see, if you want to be healed, there's a progression here. And here's the first one. Number one is that you have to confess your secret. You've got to bring your secret into the light. And I would encourage you not to do a partial confession. And you, let me tell you what a partial confession is. And here's what happens a lot of times. I got all of this junk and I got all of these secrets and I don't know how you're going to respond. So I'm just going to give you just this much. I'm going to see how you're going to respond. No, no, no. That's not being real. That's not bringing your secrets into the light. You go all. And some of you, you think you can continue in darkness. But let me tell you, today I want this to be a wake-up call for you because you can't. In fact, I want to show you this next verse before you put it up. It's in quotations. And the reason why it's in quotations is because God is saying it. And he's saying it to you today. This is what it says. But if you fail to do this, you will be what? Sinning against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. Let's, let's all say the yellow. Your sin will find you out. Some of you, you just said it, but you don't believe it because you're not willing to bring it into the light. And you know, I'm not going to throw stones at this person, but I want to show you an image of somebody that we, uh, we just kind of, we we've seen this kind of play out. Um, and it's this guy right here. His name is Josh Duggar. And some of you, um, it, this, you, some of you may have no idea what I'm talking about. I get that. I do because my wife watches 19 Kids and Counting. But here's a, here's a guy who is a Christ follower whom Jesus loves, and he loves Jesus, but has been struggling with some secrets. And they found him out. And you know what the difference between Josh and all of us is? The difference between him and us is that they haven't found out about the rest of us yet. Because all of us struggle with junk. All of us have our secrets. If you don't know what's happened is Josh has, um, uh, he ended up uh, hooking up online and he wanted to uh, be inappropriate with some folks and um, unfortunately, uh, you know, people found out about it and... Um, it's just, it's kind of, in fact, I heard this from Ed Stetcher this past week, that over 400 pastors have resigned because of the whole Ashley Madison leak. That's sad. Listen to what, how Josh responded. He said this, I have been the biggest hypocrite ever. While espousing faith and family values, I have secretly over the last several years been viewing pornography on the internet, and this has become a secret addiction that I have become unfaithful to my wife. I have brought hurt and reproach to my family, close friends, and the fans to our show with my actions. I am learning the hard way. We have the freedom to choose our actions, but we do not get to choose our consequences. That is really important. I deeply regret all the hurt I've caused so many by being such a bad example. I humbly ask their forgiveness. You know, praise God. I mean, his wife is willing to forgive. And the, I think they have a long ro road ahead of them. But let me just say this. The second part of this step is, is just simply to say this. Uh, after you've kind of confessed your secret, if you're on the other side of somebody kind of sharing their secrets is this. Receive any confessions with grace. 
receive any confessions of grace. But know this, that if somebody is coming and bringing it to your attention, it's, because, it's a sign that they want to change. It's a sign that they have a repentant heart. And there's a difference between repent and remorse. Let me tell you what it is. Remorse is, oh, I got caught. Sorry. Repentance is, I haven't gotten caught yet. But you know what? I'll, I want something that you and I don't have. So I'm telling you my secret. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Now let me tell you, if you're on the other side of hearing somebody's confession, here's what you need to remember. You need to respond how your Heavenly Father responds to you when you sin. And how does He respond to you? Love and grace and forgiveness. Is there consequences? Of course there are. Of course there are. But you remember, whatever that person has done to you, we have done so much worse to our Heavenly Father. We have. So I would just encourage you to respond with grace. Receive any confessions with grace. And then the next one, number three, is to pray together. To pray together, to pray together. Let me tell you, when somebody tells you that confession, you may hate them. But let me tell you something I've learned in my own life. It's impossible to hate somebody that you're praying for. It just is. So you pray together. Not just pray for them, but you pray together with them. In fact, what does James 5.16 says? It says this, confess your sins to each other and do what? Pray for each other. We got to pray just to make it today. Any MC Hammer fans out there? Right? You can't touch this. All right. We got to pray. MC Hammer's a rapper, by the way. We'll, so, um, and then lastly, you have to commit to your journey together. Commit to your... And let me... I've rewarded this very specifically because here's the thing. It's going to take some time. The trust may have been broken. It's going to take some time, but here's what I know. Reconciliation and restoration is always possible when you put God first. It is. So just know there may be consequences to those actions, but healing will come, but it's going to take some time. Let me just say this. Uh, I would encourage you, for some, this is difficult. I get that. We have a counselor. His name is Jared. In fact, his mugshot is up here, and here's his information. But Jared, he's, the, he's a counselor with a chainsaw. So as you can tell, he has that, that it's, that's not a chainsaw, is it? It's a, it's a rotary saw. Is that right? <laughs> I need to stop right now. All right, um, so, because somebody said, I'm going to take your man card, Pastor. All right, but here's the thing. Jared is a godly man. I've known this guy for almost a decade. And he's a seminary graduate. Right now, he's going to school to become a professional Christian counselor. He's in the process of that. Here's the thing about Jared. Jared, sometimes, some of you, you just got it. You, you should have saw Jared, right? You should. Now, some of you men, you're like, well, I'm not going to go see your person. I'm not going to go to counseling. And I'm going to tell you, that's a sign of weakness, men. Let me say this. How often, uh, how, many, how many of y'all change the oil in your vehicle? Let me see your hands. All right. Some of you, I've seen the cars you drive, right? You got your Camaro, you got your Corvette, whatever it is. You change the oil every 3,000 miles, right? Now, you just do it because nothing's wrong with it, but you want to do it so that something won't be wrong with it, right? Because if you don't change it, here's, I'll get my man card back on this one. The viscosity breaks down. Somebody say, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I'm just saying, 
it will start breaking down and that engine will start imploding. It will, it will break down as well. So it, guess what? You just go and see a counselor. Maybe you're not even married, but you just need to go and you need to let somebody just hear your junk and it's confidential. Do that. I tell you, I've been to go see a counselor. Kim's went to go see a counselor. We went to go see counselors together, separate, because I want to be healthy. Because if you have secrets in your life, shame will always grow, and intimacy in friendships, in relationships, in everything, it will start to die. So go and see somebody, because it's going to be a journey together, all right? Let me say this. I just, as I close, I just... Some of you, I know, you're married in here and you've got some stuff. And you're like, I don't know if I should do this. And you know what? You have a choice whether or not to be real and get your secrets out on the table. But the question is, if you don't, you're never ever going to experience that intimacy that you so long for. They're just going to be in love with the picture you're showing of them, not the true you. For those who aren't married... Are you living your life in such a way of keeping no secrets, of keeping no shame, so that when you do meet that significant other, that you are coming into this relationship with health? Because all of us, we have the tendency to hide and, and, to, and, to, and to present ourselves as perfect. And I'll be honest with you, I'm the, I'm the one that struggles with this the most. Because I'm on this stage, everybody thinks, Pastor, you've got to be perfect. And I'm not. And, 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 when I, and when I make mistakes, I've, I've got I've to go to somebody. I've got to confess that. I've got to own up to that. I'm encouraging you got to do that too. Because if we don't want shame to consume our life, and I do not believe that God is any about shame. He, he, he's not in the shame game. That's Satan's deal. But God, sometimes he, he allows things for us to feel convicted and maybe even feel a little guilty so that we can act on those convictions, so that we can get out and bring this junk into the light. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And then after that, we got somebody to come up to do announcements, and then we're going to be done for today. But I just want to say this. As I pray, whatever that secret is, the first person you need to confess to is your Heavenly Father. He's not shocked by it. He already knows about it. Bless you. And He will still love you. Still love you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that this is a difficult message to hear because all of us, Lord, we can be posers. We can pose and put ourselves in a certain light that's always good, that makes ourselves look good. and um, Lord, that's never a positive or a healthy thing. God, I pray for the marriages that are represented in this room. Lord, I know, I know, I know there's some dark secrets. But Lord, I know some men and women are trembling right now because they know they have them. And they're wondering, how will their spouse react? God, I pray that that spouse would be able to react with grace, would be able to react with love. How our Heavenly Father reacts to us every time we sin. God, I pray for marriages to be healed. And Lord, for those who aren't married, Lord, to those who have friendships and who, who long for those deep friendships, God, 
Lord, I pray that you would allow them to be able to bring those secrets out, not just to everybody, but to a trusted few, so that they can do exactly what James 5.16 says, to confess their sins and pray for one another so that they might experience healing. God, I, I pray as we close, God, I know there's some people in here, Lord, that their sin has come in between you, God, and they have some junk in their lives that has cut them off from you, and they don't have a relationship with you. And God, I pray that right now that they would be able to be able to come in, into a relationship with you, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, by accepting Jesus' love for them, that Jesus died on the cross for them so that they can have a relationship. Lord, I pray that they would be able to trust you with their heart, with their life, and that you would cover their sins and that you would make them whole. For it's in Jesus' great big name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. All right, I'm going to get off on stage. We have a video that's going to play, and then Dave Thompson, one of our student pastors, is going to come out and share. Financial peace. We all want it. For a while, I didn't have it. 20 years ago, I hit rock bottom. I lost just about everything. I turned to God for help, and I learned how to handle money His way. As you can imagine, it worked. That's why I started Financial Peace University, because God's ways work. Whether you're in over your head or you're doing okay right now, if you bring home $10,000 or $10 million, if you're 21 or 61, we all need a plan. Millions of people have been through Financial Peace University. They have success stories of their own. They've learned how to get rid of debt, prepare for generations to come, and give like crazy. Your success story, your financial peace is up to you. Now is your time. It's time to take control of your money. It's time to get ready for what God has for you. It's time for financial peace. Hey, One Church, how are you guys doing tonight? This morning, sorry. Hey, uh, just as Chris introduced me, my name is Dave Thompson. I'm one of the student pastors here. Um, I normally speak at nighttime, so I totally wrong time of day right now. So, um, hey, I just have a couple announcements. One, we have financial peace starting next week, uh, just as you just saw with Dave Ramsey. Uh, financial peace is, is huge. One of the greatest things, and I love that we're in a, a marriage series right now, one of the, the biggest reasons for a failed marriage is actually poor financial planning. So um, we would love to give you guys an opportunity to come and learn about that. Uh, I believe we can still sign out, out in the hallway, and it starts next Sunday. Uh, and then second, the other announcement I have for you is uh, what, what we've realized over time is that uh, generosity is the new outreach. And, uh, and there's a great group of people here at Clarksville Northeast High School uh, who they come here every week and they teach your kids. And so, uh, so what we want to do is have an explosion of generosity come through this high school. The way we're going to do that is uh, we have a table sitting right out there in the hallway that uh, has a stack of envelopes with different teachers' names, what they teach, uh, anything about them that we know of, and we want you to take an envelope as a family, or two or three, however many you choose, 
uh, and pray for that teacher. Write a letter to that teacher uh, and buy some type of gift card for that teacher. Put it in that envelope and bring it back to us. Uh, I believe the, uh, the last day is out there. Also, whenever you take an envelope, you have to sign up for that envelope because we want to make sure that if you take one, that we get it back so that every teacher gets a gift. Uh, so I trust you guys. I know you guys are one church. You guys are awesome. And if I say we are going to an explosion of generosity through the school, you guys are going to make that happen. Uh, besides that, stand up and go be the church.